Welcome to Coffee and Convos Season 1. We are so excited to share some new episodes with you for the next 10 weeks. So grab your favorite coffee mug and join us around the table for the one where church isn't perfect, but neither are you. Welcome to Coffee and Convos Season 1, Episode 1. I'm your host, Josh. As always, joined by my beautiful wife, Becca. So, Becca, how are you doing? (laughs) I'm doing good. It's been a really awesome week. How about you? Uh, Same. You know, it was funny. Uh, I think, like, in preparation for tonight's episode, I really, I don't don't know, like, my mind was, I guess, maybe thinking about tonight. So, I was, like, uh, typing up a document at work. And at the bottom of it, um, on this specific document, it has to be returned and placed on either my desk or my boss's desk. And so instead of putting my boss's name, I put place on either Josh or Becca's desk. <laughs> <laughs> and I definitely don't work in the same place. And so, like, she went to, like, proofread it, and she's like, do you mean me? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry. I was like, I don't know what happened. I was thinking about my wife. Aww, that's so, so cute. Yeah, that was cute. sweet. Um, but no, d- doing good. I, you know, we um, had a great Disney trip. We we didn't get to talk about it yet. So uh, our previous Disney trip a couple weeks ago, uh, we went for my birthday. Absolutely phenomenal. We yeah. were at Disney's Coronado Springs, which was. Just a gorgeous resort. Uh, we yeah, had some serious cow. favor. Um, we had booked just a regular king room, which was amazing. And definitely, like, we were going to fall in love with it. Um, and their brand new um, tower there. And just like the Lord, man, his favor, they upgraded us to a one-bedroom suite, which we could never <laughs> afford. I mean, this was like bougie living. Yeah. We were living it up <laughs> Robes, for one night. slippers, <laughs> for sure. an espresso. Like, it I was mean, amazing. Three TVs. Yeah, there were three, three TVs. TVs in this room. and like Both surround full, sound. Full living room, like a bar area, a dining room. I mean, it just was... yeah. Bougie living. And the view, I wish fireworks were like going on at all the theme parks, but we literally had a view of Hollywood Studios. I mean, we saw Tower of Terror, uh, Star Wars Galaxy Edge. Well, I mean, and we got to just, see their fireworks show. We, we from got our to room. see Epcot. Yeah. We can't yeah, even yeah. see Epcot, which yeah. was like, it, it was just truly uh, just a remarkable trip. We finally got to try Ohana at the Polynesian. Yeah. Uh, for dinner and breakfast, and so it was just, it was really fun, so that, I don't know, that, like, set the mood for July, and um, at the end of August, we have uh, another trip, just a little getaway uh, with Becca and I, we're going to be going to Disney's Animal uh, Kingdom Lodge, uh, which both of us are really excited about, yeah. um, I know Becca has stayed there when she was younger, I've never stayed, but we're, we're really looking forward to that, and uh, it's, it's it's going to be a good time. So uh, we wanted to share a couple coffees that we have recently um, gotten, and uh, we've tried one of them. The other one we will review next week for you guys, but um, just a classic staple. We love this roaster. It's Stay Golden uh, Coffee Co. Um, they're based out of Nashville. Um, this one is a Peruvian coffee, and it was just absolutely delicious. I've tried it iced. I've tried it cold brew. And I've tried it on a V60 pour over. 
Um, every one of them is amazing. It's funny. We started something at work just as a way to like show love to our employees. Um, so we, we call it coffee Friday. So I'll bring all my coffee supplies and mostly employees have never tried like craft coffee or V sixties. So they call me the mad scientist when I show up, I'm like pouring stuff (laughs) and measuring out stuff. It's like a drug deal. Um, and so, um, (laughs) a drug deal of coffee, but, um, they were just like really in love with um, this coffee. And so uh, the other one that we're going to try tomorrow, it's called Portrait Coffee and they're based out of Atlanta. And this one is a Colombian, um, or I'm sorry, a Guatemalan uh, origin coffee and uh, it's called Tony. So apparently it's a famous person in Atlanta who was a um, blues jazz player. So should be really interesting. It has notes of, Savory, smooth, and unapologetically chocolate. Mm. So it should be pretty good. But those are two coffees that we have gotten through Trade Coffee. Um, You've probably heard us mention it in other episodes, but we love Trade. It's definitely an affordable option. If you're looking for really great coffee, it's always free shipping. And I know for two bags that we just got, 25 bucks. I mean, you can't beat that. Mm -hmm. Um, And we get them in, you can either get it in whole bean. Or if you don't have a grinder, um, they can grind it for you, and it's always fresh. I mean, this was literally just roasted yesterday, which so is crazy. So, um, yeah, so let's talk real quick. We're, we're going to jump into tonight's episode, which we wanted to um, – We're you know, as we we're thinking about season one and what we want to do, we have some really awesome interviews planned, by the way. I'm so excited. Um, in a couple weeks, we have an interview planned. Um, with the new owner of Symmetry uh, Coffee and Crepes. His name is Mike Mills. He is an entrepreneur based out of Ocala. And so we can't wait to have just a really awesome conversation with him and other influencers in season one. But we wanted, we, I guess our heart with Coffee and Convos is we constantly want this to be an evolving conversation. Meaning we never want to be just content with the way we're doing stuff. And so we kind of were like, man, you know, it feels like though like episodes are really great. And I mean, there's so many of you as listeners, which is just incredible. We're so humbled by that. Um, We want this to always be something that's changing, that's becoming better. And so with, with that being said, we decided to kind of move away from the format of releasing an episode um, every single week to releasing seasons instead that we really give you guys quality content that we've thought through, we've prayed through, um, and we also wanted to do more interviews. So in every season, there will be at least two interviews, um, potentially more, and then they're going to be basically 10-week seasons. Um, so just like your favorite TV show, right? Um, the majority of TV shows now nowadays are usually 10 episodes. So the way it will release is when season one kicks off, there will be 10 weeks of straight content. And then there's going to be about a month or so break. And then we'll jump into the next season. And we, we do that intentionally, number one, um, to make sure that when we release content, like I said, it's quality, it's, it's thought through, but also that um, – we give you guys a chance to really listen and, and digest what you're hearing. I think nowadays on podcasting, there's there's different forms of podcasts. You know, there's the ones that they release every single week, like we've been doing, and there's nothing wrong with that. But then there's ones that will release seasons, and I really enjoy seasons. I think it just adds 
just a quality level because you know the content's really been thought through. It's really yeah. done well. And I think, like, you know, especially since Josh and I are the main people doing it, and this obviously is not, like, <laughs> our job. <laughs> this is a side, yeah. you know, an extra thing that we do need to be able to have a season where it's a little bit of downtime and we're not, like, pressured about putting out, you know, just content because we said we would. Um, and I think this is this is exactly what Josh was saying, how this is going to be well thought through and planned. And um, we can really put like our time and energy into these kind of episodes because we also know that it's not like an every, you know, 52 topics right. <laughs> every year right. that we have to come up with consistently. So um, we're really excited about moving to this new yeah, it's, sort it, of way. It's going to be really good. So um, if you are a new listener, by the way, Please make sure you hit the subscribe, the follow button um, to um, just stay up to date with content. Um, you'll get those little ding notifications when we drop a new episode, which the plan during that season, by the way, a new episode will still drop on that on a Friday. So basically you have 10 Fridays in a row in that season where a new episode will drop on that Friday. Um, you'll be able to listen and, and uh, stay uh, connected like that. And then uh, if you don't already follow us on social media, it's just real simple, underscore coffee and convos underscore. Uh, we have an Instagram page set up and we just post uh, different things on there, whether it's about the episode, we, we post some coffee things, just maybe new coffee we've tried or different shops we've experienced so definitely go check that out and uh we're we're excited so episode one we wanted to go right in Mm -hmm. just a topic that nowadays um is becoming i feel like more prevalent and it needs to be addressed it needs to be talked about um and it's the topic of church hurt now when i say church hurt there might be some listeners, you're listening, and maybe you don't go to church, maybe you don't believe. That's totally cool. I would say don't tune this episode out. I think it's still relevant because I think all of us know somebody, whether we are that person or maybe we know some people um, who have experienced um, church hurt, whether intentionally or non-intentionally. Mm-hmm. And so we just want to kind of unwrap this and just kind of level um I think when it comes to this topic, here's the first thing we want to say. I want to make this very, very clear. In no way are we bashing the local church. Uh, In no way are we condemning the local church. Here's what we're attempting to do with this episode. We want to give you positive tools that maybe if you have been hurt by the church, whether it was a pastor, leader, the organization itself, that we can help you maybe navigate that hurt and process it to where you can eventually move on, not saying you forget it, but you move on to a healthy place where you're no longer seeing the church as the enemy. Mm-hmm. And I say that because I think what happens a lot of times is when we get hurt by an institution, what whatever that institution is, whether it's government, um, a school, or in this case, the church, we have a tendency then to kind of blanket that hurt over everything related, mm-hmm. right? So in this case with church, you know, God is related. Jesus is related here. What tends to happen is when we've been hurt by a man known as a pastor, or maybe it was a leader, youth leader, you name it, we then turn that hurt and we turn it against God. Mm-hmm. Even though God had nothing to do with maybe the situation, 
we view those people that maybe hurt us because they are instruments used by God. And we say, well, if they hurt us, then God must hurt us. Mm-hmm. And I think the danger in this is that there's so many walking around right now who, man, can I just like be real? You have daggers sticking out of you and they're just, they're just gushing all over people. And not only is it hurting you, but it's maybe even hurting that person who could have maybe experienced the church and found Jesus, but because they've heard your story and your story just wasn't great, yeah. it's caused them not to see God as great. Mm-hmm. And um, and I can personally speak on this from, from both experiences. I can speak on it from the person that has been hurt by the church, but I can also speak on it from the pastoral standpoint of, uh, I'm just going to be transparent, I've hurt people. Um. It, and when I look back at those times in, in my ministry experience, I'm sorrowful. Um, if I could rewrite time, I would literally rewrite time and, and change maybe the words that I said. Because here's what happens a lot. Words um, words have so much meaning. And words can crush people. And, and just in one moment, you can literally shatter someone. And um, and we have friends. Um that we've talked to over the years that, man, they've been hurt. I mean, really, really hurt, like deeply scarred by the church. And, um, and my heart breaks for people like that. And, and I know that maybe you're listening right now and you've been hurt by the church. One thing I want to say is that, um, the church, even though they have caused you pain, here's this, this might hurt for some of you. You also have to look at yourself in the mirror and realize that you have imperfections Mm -hmm. just like the church has imperfections, Mm -hmm. right? And so if we just say, well, it's all the church's fault, and we don't look at maybe actions that we've done, like I said earlier in the episode, either non-intentionally or intentionally, um, we have to evaluate, okay, did I do something that maybe caused this to happen? Or maybe you didn't. Maybe, listen, there are some pastors and leaders I'm just going to be real. They're just jerks, mm-hmm. right? Just nasty. And and they shouldn't be in ministry. You know, I was uh, one of our really close friends. Um, he's going to love me for shouting him out. He's going to like text me about it. Uh, one of our really close friends, Preston and Adriana, me and him were talking uh, probably about like a month ago. We were talking because he's getting ready to be an elementary school teacher. Um, shout Ooh. out to Preston. Ooh, You're going to crush it fifth grade. Um, but we were just talking about like teachers and he's seen like the different kinds of teachers and and he had told me we were having coffee. He's like, man, I just never want to be that really jaded teacher. Who's just mad all the time. Hmm. You know, I want to try to protect myself from becoming that because like I've experienced it. I've watched teachers who just shouldn't be teaching anymore. Yeah. And so I want to say this, like there's some pastors who just need to like lay it down for a bit, take a break, a sabbatical, get away from ministry because you're causing more damage. Um, then you are healing. Yeah. And, um, you know, personal experience, just a side story. And then I know Beck um, has all kinds of stuff she wants to say as well. You know, over the years throughout my experience, I remember when I was, um, I think I was in my teenage years, and I had a, a youth pastor at the time who just treated me horribly. In fact, I remember this guy, you know, I was, uh, I shouldn't say my teenage years. I was 18. Um and I was dating this girl in the youth group. She was 17. And uh, I wanted to become an adult leader. 
And I remember like just how upset he was. I don't know if like he was disappointed that I was dating a student, even though um, she was get, literally getting ready to be 18. So when you hear 17, don't be like, oh my gosh, Josh is a creep. She was <laughs> getting ready to be 18. And, um, and I remember he invited me to Taco Bell and I was so excited because I was thinking, man, this guy, like he's going to finally like talk to me about being a youth leader. And for 30 minutes, man, this guy just laid into me and just told me how like horrible of a person I was. And I had like shared with him in previous conversations how like one day I would love to be a youth pastor. And he literally looked me in the eyes and said, you're never going to be a youth pastor. And I just like I left that conversation completely shattered. I, and honestly, I left the church for a, a couple months. And I remember talking to my brother-in-law and just being like, maybe I, I'm just not cut out for this. Maybe I should just continue doing what I was doing. And I was working at Target at the time. And um, and he said, man, don't don't allow stupid words from a guy who probably should have just taking a break to define your future. Yeah. And uh, define your calling and my calling. Yeah. And I, and I, and I walked away and I just said, you know what? I'm not, I'm going to allow God to define that for me. And I'm going to allow him to, to heal me. And listen, it took, it took years after that to really shake that and to get free of that. And I remember the the day I stepped into a youth pastor role, just like the Lord, just like reaffirming that of like, Thank God you listened to my voice instead of the enemy working through him. Yeah. Um, because, listen, the enemy is active and real. And even though that pastor loves Jesus and is doing great things, it doesn't mean that those words can't get turned by the enemy mm-hmm. into destruction in your life. Yeah. And, uh, and and we've experienced even, you know, in the last couple of years, just other hurts from the church. We won't get into that in this episode, but... Church hurt is a very, very real thing. There's so many suffering right now. Um, what, what do you want to share, babe? Yeah, I think church hurt is is a really big deal. Um, and I think it's happening more and more. But I think that at some point we have to we have to stop putting our pastors and leaders on this like pedestal of like that. They are closer to God. They hear God better. Mm, They are, they can't struggle with what I struggle with. They can't feel the way I might feel sometimes. Um, Because I think subconsciously we do that. And then when we're hurt or we're wounded, because guess what? They're humans and they're flawed and the church is made up of flawed people. Then we're almost like shocked. And sometimes we put so much faith into these people that like our faith is shaken because this person like did something Mm. um, or hurt us or whatever it might be. And so but then we have to really analyze ourselves. Like, am I putting more faith in this person than I am God? Or uh-huh. am I like, how's my relationship actually, you know, going and, and doing with God? And so I think that I like that Josh said, you know, sometimes we need to stop and look at ourselves because, you know, we always have the choice to continue to stay hurt or do we want to deal with it and heal? And so good. like, and dealing with it might be like 
yeah, you might need to leave the church. Uh, dealing with it could be you need to address that leader. Hmm. Dealing with it could be going to a healing place and like receiving prayer. Uh, I mean, there's so many different ways that you can heal from it. And it could be you just need to take a break for a little bit um, and just get along with God or whatever. But I would say don't be alone in your hurt. Now, I don't mean go gossip about your hurt. I mean, don't stay alone that you can share with someone that you trust that you're hurt who will actively work with you to heal. Not that will continue to bash along with you because that doesn't cause um, any, any form of healing or breakthrough that just causes more anger and frustration that gets stirred up. Um, And so with the church, I think, I just think that that's such a huge, huge thing that we just put so much pressure on leaders and and people in the church um just because of their title and i can say gosh there are i never even had like a legit title in the church um and i know that like i've hurt tons of people and to a point like some of it was fair and some of it just was like unfair and you know it would be like oh well you were always too busy that you just never paid any attention to me well <laughs> So you're, you're hurt, like, but I don't even, didn't even know you, <laughs> you know, yeah. or, or you didn't even tell me that you like wanted to talk to me or that you needed me or that like, whatever, you know? So sometimes I think that we get stuck in our own perspective about like whatever our hurt is. Right. And so we keep it surface level and we keep it like right there and it's always in our face. And instead, if you just had a conversation with it, you would have realized, that person probably didn't even know. Like yeah. Maybe they didn't even know they hurt you. Well, maybe they don't even know who you are, but you were like longing for this relationship. Or maybe you talk to them and they're like, I'm so sorry. Like I have this and this going on. Like I am trying to do my best, but yeah. I will make time or I will do this to do better. Yeah. Um, Cause I can't, I mean, I just can't tell you how many times that's happened to me where someone's like, well, you, you just don't care about me or you're not paying attention to me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I've only had a hundred other people coming to chat with me or needing to, you know, needing me or wanting to talk. And so I just think that we have to be careful perspective wise. Um, that again, we're not putting this, uh, pr- so much pressure on people who, who love Jesus and are trying to do the right thing, but also have so many people who are requiring, um, things things from them or requiring energy um requiring just like i don't know it's there, there's a point where i think sometimes it turns and we're like i just need you to keep feeding me and feeding me and feeding me but i'm not planning on doing anything with it and that's exhausting like that's exhausting as a leader or as a person in general so Yes, I do think that the church can hurt people and they can hurt them really badly. But I also think that sometimes we give them a little bit too much credit in that sense that we don't 
take any credit for ourselves that we may have been a part of that issue, that it's just their fault, mm. that it's just the church. Mm. And you know what? If this church is like this, well, then guess what? All of the churches are like this. And if the, all the churches are like this, then God must be like this. And if all of God's people are like this, or if these people are like this, then all of God's people are like this. That's good. And so we don't leave any room for grace. We don't leave any room for redemption. We don't leave any room for people to grow. Mm. And that's an issue. When we want grace, when we when we mess up, when we want people who care about us when we mess up, when we want all of these things, but we are unwilling to allow any other church or any other person to speak into our life because we've made a decision, that's an issue. Yeah. You can't have, you know, the saying, you can't have your cake and eat it too, which I've never been a fan of that saying. If I'm going to have cake, then I want to eat it too. <laughs> but <laughs> just the saying, like truly, like if you want all those things, then you need to extend those things. Yeah. That's how you have like a beautiful relationship and that's how you restore your hope and love for the local church because the local church is beautiful. You need to have a body of believers that you care about. You need to have community. Like we're literally made for community. Yeah. So when we're isolating ourselves and we're deciding that we're angry with all these kinds of things and that we don't need to go to church, we'll just read our Bible. And yeah, like, can you do that? Sure. But in that isolation, it becomes easier and easier to stay away from things. It becomes easier and easier to, maybe I won't read my Bible today yeah. or tomorrow or the next day. And that isolation begins to creep in. And that is the enemy's favorite, favorite position that he's put you in. And so I do believe that the church is important. I do believe that the local church is important. I do believe that church hurt is real. But I also believe that we're part of the solution yeah. to it. Yeah. And that's when we take a good hard look at ourselves and realize, okay, this does need to be addressed or this is, you know what, this is something I can just let go. I yeah. just need to walk through forgiveness. And so we have to find whatever that balance is so that we can become whole again and that we can still be an active participant in just God's kingdom. Yeah. Uh, so good. Yeah. And, you know, our pastor, um, he had shared with me just um, – just a way to like really flip the table on what the enemy wants to do with with like hurt from the church and maybe hurt from leaders. He said every time you get feelings of hurt or resentment or anger towards that church or that leader, he said instead of like cursing them in your mind and just bubbling up frustration and getting into that place that the enemy wants to take you, he said instead bless them. Um, out loud and pray for them. And he said, if you even feel like, you know, you can do this, he said, maybe you're, you're just not there yet. Um, extend to them a text message, maybe a DM of just saying, Hey, thinking about you, thank you for all you've done for me. Yeah. Because the reality is um, I think, I think a lot of the hurt that we get ourselves into, maybe we, we take offense to different things. A lot of times it is more intentional then it is non-intentional. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I, and I've heard plenty of stories of, like I said earlier, pastors who were just jerks. Like they're, the person didn't do anything. The pastor is just being a jerk. But a lot of the stories I hear is because that person chose to take offense to something that probably maybe could have been worded different or said different. Um, but in their heart, they chose to um, 
to hold a grudge. And, well, they never dealt with it. And they never dealt with it. And so it's like, just let let that part of it go. Just say, listen, like, I'm choosing to move forward in my life because I know people, and this and this is across the spectrum. This is not even like, now we're not even talking church. Um, I know people who, like, maybe have been said some really nasty things in their life, um, over their life. And that has like almost trapped them in a prison cell of just bondage and they can't move forward. And that's what the enemy wants for you, right? He wants you to remain in bondage, in shackles. And so um, God's plan for your life, though, is to prosper. God's plan for your life is, is to charge ahead with your identity and who you are. And so choosing to forgive is not choosing to forget. Um, that's mm-hmm. the first thing. Choosing to forgive is just simply saying, I'm not going to allow those things to define me anymore. And listen, can I just say this to someone right now? I really feel this, that you are actually extremely valuable to the local church, mm-hmm. that the local church needs the gifting and the calling that's on your life. And so don't allow the enemy to steal that calling and gifting because something happened maybe a year ago, two years ago, that has caused you now to drift away and, and resent the church. You know. In the, in the midst of launching Catharos, one of the things that we've really tried to make clear to the people that are in our ministry, but also to the outside world from our social media, our website, is we never want people to look in on Catharos and say, wow, this is like a rebellious act against the church. Yeah. We want people to look at our ministry and say, wow, what a blessing this is to the local church. That It's a different form of church. Mm-hmm. But I know so many like house churches that have started and little movements that have started all because that person chose to take offense to the current model of church in America. And they said, you know what? Screw, screw the establishment. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start my own thing. Mm-hmm. And God doesn't honor that. No. God honors when we honor. Well, in fact, like taking it a step further, like Josh and I have been super intentional about like any relationships that seem like there's weird tension or frustration or confusion. We've tried to reach out and, and clear the air and just say like, hey, we love you. Like, this is going on, or we've heard this. Like, what's going on? Yep. Let's get to the root of it. Let's get yeah. through it. And and for the most part, it's been received really great. And for the parts that are like, okay, yeah, whatever, then we can just have a clear conscience about as we move forward in our ministry, God's honoring the fact that, like, we try to bring, like, unity and community and um, and healing and so, and that's what we're operating out of. We're not yeah. operating out of that rebellious spirit. We're not, you know, operating out of hurt. Because just like Josh said, like, God doesn't, he just doesn't reward that. And then we're not yeah. going to allow the enemy to rob our blessings because of bitterness and anger. Like, right. it's just not worth it. And it's so much harder to try and run a ministry when you're frustrated and angry oh, yeah. about stuff. Like, oh, yeah. I... From the moment that Josh and I have been doing that and just, like, walking through our own, like, healing, so many more doors have been opened and there's just been so much more peace and life and, like, just, I don't know, so much excitement about this ministry because the heart is, you know, for our our heart specifically is to be that resource and to be that, the, the, that, that, um, that ministry that comes along churches and says like, Hey, let's go a step deeper. How yeah. can we help you? How yeah. can we serve you? Um, how can we, you know, grow your people and help, um, help your people be like sustain, be sustaining. And how, do, how can we help them channel the purposes that God's given in them in their life? Yeah. And so, but those, those kinds of steps in, in the, 
in that kind of future that we see for ourselves would not be possible and would not see um, the blessings that it could if we continue to stay in our own hurt. Yeah. Um, and so I think there's also a point where we come where you have to you have to walk in forgiveness and healing if you ever want to set yourself free. Like so just good. exactly what yeah. Josh was saying about how we can lock ourselves in a prison cell. Because guess what? Sometimes the church, sometimes the leaders, sometimes whoever it might be, work, whatever that has hurt you may never, ever, ever say that they're sorry. Even if you address it, they may never say that they're sorry. Yeah. But you have to get to a point where you say, nonetheless, I forgive you. Yeah. Nonetheless, I will not allow you to put me into a prison cell when I know that my God has a greater plan for me, has a greater purpose for me. I will not allow myself to be held back because of your issues that now, now I, you know, I put down and you have to take care of. Yeah. Um, So good. We just have to get to a point where those kinds of hurts cannot dictate our life anymore. Yeah. Well, we hope that this episode has been really insightful, um, maybe giving you some tools or even things to think on. Um, We pray that this season, season one, is a game changer for you. Like we said at the start, we got some really exciting episodes coming up. Um, In fact, next week, we will have our first interview with Mike Mills. Um, I can't wait. It's going to be a fun one. So make sure you tune in. If you maybe have a friend who's just looking for something cool to listen to, uh, suggest coffee and combos to them and um, you can find us on all streaming platforms currently but we love you guys so much we will see you around the table next week love you guys